0: welcome to the rise on fire live stream today i am so honored to be with you here i thank you for joining me today we are going to be talking about something that i've been witnessing all around the nation at least in america um, in my travels from event to event congregation to congregation and uh, something that has been distressing me for a while but you know the father's really been putting this on my heart recently yet again Uh, What I have been seeing, just to give you a little glimpse of of what's been before me here, is I've been seeing uh, many different people come to events. I've seen people who are, you know, who have their little children. They're kind of at that age, you know, where they have had their children. And they bring their children, you know, they're like 10 years old kids. They're bringing their 15-year-old kids. They're bringing. But when they get to late teenagership, there are less of those And then we see um also just just not a lot of people at all in the age group of like 18 or even like 17 16 to about 28 29 you know about my age i'm i'm like 27 now uh and you know i I know i i look younger but you know i'm i'm still young but i'm not as young so i'm in this space where i'm i'm looking around me i'm looking back i'm looking at where i was and i'm looking at where people are today and i'm and i'm distressed i'll be honest with you I, I think that that when we look at the, uh, previous generations you know we have this question and I, and I would like us to explore that question but we have this question of well doesn't this happen each generation like isn't it like that that the young people every generation they're just you know, um, kind of getting distracted with the things of the world. And then eventually they come around and many of you have that story. I, I in fact, asked that um, in the in the, on YouTube and uh, I made a status and I asked you guys, you, has that been your journey? And, and many of you said, yes, you you had this departure, right? from God you maybe maybe you grew up as a Christian you departed and you when you became a teenager or when you went to university and then later in life you returned to him when you realize that you need him when the world wasn't enough for you like that's something we do see but I guess my question is to you all what happens if what happens if those people who we now see are doing that don't come back like what happens if The world is actually, what does it mean if this world is actually darker than it was for the previous generation? What if there's something more that we need to be doing except hoping they'll come around? I actually think that there is something that God is calling us to, and and I, I think it's not just sitting back. I think it's it's praying and it's fasting, but I also think it's more than that. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, By the way, just before I head into all of this, uh, I'd like to just tell you uh, we have multiple events coming up around the US and um, I'd like to just share a few of those with you here. Um, We're going to be in Waynesville, North Carolina. Well actually August 26th, that was just last weekend. We were in Waynesville, North Carolina at the Women of Valor conference, but uh, September 24th, we're going to be in Princeton, Texas, October 13th, we're going to be in Glen Rose, Texas. October 16th, Chandler, Oklahoma, at the Lion and Lamb Feast of Tabernacles. And November 4 to 6, we're going to be in Casper, Wyoming. Or at least I should say, if the Lord wills, right? Um, this is These are our plans. Um, so, yeah, guys, thank you for joining me. Uh, Hannibal, thanks for joining me, brother. I see you're in the live chat. Thank you, everyone else who's here. Say wh- where you're from in the live chat. Um, I'd love to see where you guys are from. Yeah. Um, So what I wanted to start off with is uh, just talk to you a little bit about um, this one status or this. Let me say this one comment that I saw uh, someone posted on on this thread that I started here on YouTube. And um, I want to read it to you. Um, The person's username was Little Kyle. And um, he said the following. I am within the age range mentioned. I am praying desperately for revival in my peers. I see faithfulness in some, but most are trying to rely on the faith of their parents and do not attend church after graduating from high school. I know church is not salvational, but to see them running instead of seeking God out is heartbreaking. The fruit we bear is revealing. I would submit to you that the majority of young adults do not spend time alone with God. They are more they're more interested in corporate worship. Most of the believers I know in the older generation tell me they too fell away during their teens and college years only to come back in their late 20s and 30s. But when I hear these things, I wonder if they were ever truly Christ's. I mean, did they actually lose their spark or were they simply never on fire? We're still so lost and fearful. Please, brother and sister, Holy Spirit baptism and revival is needed desperately at my church. We are walking in truth without spirit, I guess you could say. And without Him leading us through, I have to wonder, are we walking in truth? Or are we putting our own knowledge above God? Pray for y'all to move mildly in, in our midst, we need direction, we need him. Thank you for spending time in prayer and supplication on our behalf. I'm praying for you as well. Yeah, guys, so you know, why I brought this up, um, and by the way, little Kyle, thank you so much for, for sending this is, um, you know, he said that he is a young person. And as a young person, I think this perspective is so valuable and and it's something that I can totally see. I can t- even see in my uh, teenage years and in my early 20s. I witnessed this a lot. Um, he mentioned, uh, for example, how Holy Spirit baptism is needed in his church. He's seeing this lack. He's 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 seen this, this he has this cry in his heart for of these things. And then at the same time, um, he realizes that these things are what is missing and the and, and the, the the fact that these things are missing is actually part of the very problem that he is seeing is causing his peers to move away from the church moving away from even christ eventually you see because my personal experience was this i you know i praise god like i had the discernment right to see that there was a uh, something wrong, right? I saw that in the church I was at, like there was there was something missing. I, I knew that God was real and I knew that he was he was who I wanted to follow. Like that was the blessing I had to know that. But I did not trust in the church. I was at in the moment at that time in my life that they had the full picture of truth. And I was, by the way, like this was in, this was in, I was grade nine in high school, I remember. So this is like years ago. And, and I'm, and I'm falling on my knees, right? And I'm like saying, God, I want to follow you, but I I don't know where to go. Because the world tells me there's 33,000 ways to you. And when I look at like all these denominations, many of them are, there's hypocrisy and, and that's what's, What's a big thing that many people say is they are leaving the church. They're leaving Christ because look at all their religious hypocrisy. Look at all the the the, the people who are being found out and exposed for what they're doing, uh, their sins, but they're calling themselves leaders. Right. And, and if you are someone who's considering walk, walking away from God because of that, let me just tell you something. Ultimately, the Christ himself, right? Jesus, Yeshua, when he was on earth, the p- people that he had the biggest problem with were religious people, right? Certain religious people who came against him. So if you have a problem with certain religious people who are hypocrites, well, Christ had the problem with those people too, right? So so for you to look at those people and say, well, I'm going to turn away from Jesus because of that. It's like, well, but Jesus had problems with them, too. He, he doesn't approve what they're doing. He condemned what they're doing. Like, like read the book, l- read the story and see how he, he harshly uh, 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 goes, comes against those who were hypocrites, especially the, the leaders. He, he, he despised it when leaders, religious leaders, abused their authority. He called them like a brood of vipers. He basically called them like Satan's children, even though they were making themselves to be these angelic, holy men of God. So, yeah. okay. so let me let me, you know, get back where I was. You know, I I remember, right? I'm 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 looking at the church, right? I'm saying this to myself like and then I, I I delved into the scriptures. I delved I ran after God somewhat alone and with my family, but but not with a typical, I guess, um, a family of of fellowship. And I remember heading to university, I met people who were like-minded, I, I joined Bible studies, and, and praise God, it was great. And then again, I'll be honest, I, I looked around me yet again, and I find my, found myself become, starting to become some of the very people, the very may I even say hypocrites that I in the beginning saw I, I was becoming one myself. I realized that I had all of this knowledge and I had all of this this truth that I knew was true. But yet my actions and my life was not in alignment to what I said I believed. And you see, here's the thing, you know, uh, I heard a philosopher recently say, you know, Just something interesting that, you know, he was asked, are you a Christian? And and he said, well, it's hard for me to say that because he said, what does that mean? You're if you say you believe in, in this God, right, of the Bible, who is who is a God of Mount Sinai who is the God who struck down Ananias and and Sapphira when they lied to the Holy Spirit. Right there, they died, right? This God who came and and He split seas, and and then He also healed, and He had grace and mercies on us. This God that is so vast, but yet if we say we actually believe in Him and that He exists, like, man, that is supposed to be like, wow our lives are supposed to be are you living as if he exists are you like if you actually believe that there are people who are going to make it into his presence and there are going to be people who are going to make it not but they're going to be condemned for eternity right if you actually think that there is such a distinction that's coming how do you even see these people who do not believe in him today. And how much is your heart burning for them? Because see, here's the deal. People who are who are unbelievers, they're not stupid. Like they can see whether you're for real. And if they do not see you have such a love for them, that you're the one you say you follow had for them. And if you don't have this love to snatch them out of the fire, but with a kindness, with with a tear in your eye, with a compassion, then you're not you're not walking out what you say you believe. And in fact, it would be probably wise for the unbeliever to not take you seriously because God won't. You see, we think that God will take us seriously if we say we follow him, but don't walk as he walked, but then we expect unbelievers to take us seriously when we say we follow him, but we don't walk as he walked. And then we're, we're confused when they don't and when they call us out on it. You see, I don't want to blame the the youth that is running away from God on a particular generation or group, because I think it's more complicated than that. I think it would be unfair to do that. But we have not been innocent. Our parents have not been innocent. And those of us about to become parents, please watch out for this. I want us to look at uh, some of the things that 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 we need, that we have made the things we've done wrong and what we need to change. And how and just evaluate how are we going to really have the ability to call back this generation that's falling away from the Lord and falling into the hands of the enemy left and right at the moment? Um, I want to submit to you that the religious hypocrisy that we've been talking about here has actually been exposed by God, I think that a lot of the um, big uh, religious denominations that you may think of right now that have been um, exposed for sexual immorality, running rapant, rampant or, you know, um, uh, greed or or whatever the, the thing is that, you know, the mainstream got a hold of. I absolutely sh- I'm sure that God has been the one who's who's been exposing that because whatever sins we try and keep in the darkness, God will expose it in the light. And he's not going to protect us just because we're a church. He's not going to protect us just because we say we're a religious man. He will expose all darkness, even if that darkness is in a, a people who say that they belong to him. Okay, like God had no problem exposing the first century Pharisees who came against Yeshua, who said they were religious, who ran the synagogues, who ran the temple, but who had who did not actually know him and he did not actually know them. He had no problem exposing them. And so for that reason, I want you, if you're a someone who's listening and you're on the side of of, of, I don't know if I want to follow God, please don't judge him based off these religious men who are hypocrites. This the second thing I want to mention here is is that the world in this generation has grown more distracted than ever. Um, We have social media and there's been some good that came from it, but there's also a lot of bad. And and it is it has destroyed the human spiritual experience. Uh, And what I just mean by that is we we scroll through TikTok, right? Like for hours. We scroll our life away on Facebook. We we scroll. We watch our life away on all the entertainment that the world has prepared for us. And ultimately, this has come at the cost of prayer. And this is exactly like um, this young man, Kyle, said in his that we read earlier, is he found that young people don't pray anymore. They are going to worship events, maybe those of them who are believers. And they they, and that's good, but they have forsaken, at least to a great extent, intimacy with God, because see, even the worship events have become like concerts of entertainment in many ways, which give us our dopamine rush and this but then when we when but then we always need to be busy with something we always need to be stimulated and whether it's lights at a stage or whether it's uh, 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 getting the people that like our latest post or whether it's seeing the next cute cat video whatever it is we're always running after that stimuli and you know it's really hard then when you have this addiction and I'm going to call it out for what it is it's an addiction. When you have this addiction, it's really hard to get alone with God and be still to know that he is God. Like when you're always busy with the world's entertainment, it's hard to be like, God, I'm going to let everything be quiet. Everyone be quiet right now. And I'm just going to sit here for half an hour. And that's, that's not even a lot. I'm going to sit here for half an hour, Lord, and I'm just going to be still. And I'm going to let you speak to me and I'm going to speak to you. And God, maybe I should even go into an hour Oh God. Maybe I can even spend a little bit more than that here right now in your presence. Just being with you like, you know what? How God does how much God desires to just be with you. But the church has been guilty of uh, as well. Not all, of course, but many have been guilty of just just engaging um what the world how the world has been engaging engaging people in the ways the world engages people instead of saying look god is calling you to be quiet god is calling you to be with him god is calling you to be set apart he's calling you away from those things of the world so you can actually spend time with Him." we're not going to just try and reach you the way the world is reaching you we're going to try and get you to actually be alone with God, like Yeshua was alone with His Father when He went up to the mountain, when He was with His disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane and said, be awake, do not fall asleep, spend time so you can resist the temptations of the devil. And you say, Peter, I don't know, I'm full my life is full of sin. I'm a believer, but I'm struggling. I can't resist the temptations of the devil. Yes, because you don't spend time in His presence. You spend time in the presence of the world. And so when the devil comes at you, you're not dripping with the anointing of God. You're dripping with all this stuff you've been watching on TikTok. And that is not the presence of the Lord and that. And if we live there, how can we expect our young people? And by the way, I'm I'm speaking to parents just for a moment here. Parents, if we live here because the parents are on TikTok too these days and on Facebook and everywhere else. If we live there, how can we expect our kids to not? If we don't live in the presence of God, how can we expect our kids to live in the presence of God? Like, how, why are we shocked? Like, oh, I've seen parents more addicted to social media than their kids are these days. But so why are you shocked when the moment they hit university that they just take what they have been seeing on social media to become their reality in their life when they have now the freedoms to do so. Why would they have the self-control to actually look and be like, I don't want to be like the world. I don't want to do anything of the world. How can I? they have that self-control? Is if 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 the education you've been giving them is to let them be on social media for hours and hours and hours every day. OK. Um. Yeah. Um. Uh. Ultimately, we see that there are there are these lies that are on these platforms that are being that are proliferating, that are spreading into the minds of our children. And a a lot of these lies are even about God, right? Uh, Lies about what the Bible says, because see, Satan knows what the Bible says. Satan quotes the Bible. And so when you open up a lot of these you go into these worldly places, and you continuously listen to what they are saying. Um, you hear a lot about the Bible, right? They they talk a lot about the Bible and why there's. Look at all the slavery in the Bible, and look at how how God is uh, a misogynist, and look at how God is this and that, and look at how God is a, a gen, a, a, how God does genocide, and, and so forth and so forth, right? And And so you get a lot of things said to you about the Bible from people who do not know the Bible. And because you do not know the Bible, you believe everything. These people who know something about the Bible tell you about the Bible, and you let this become seated as truth in your heart. And you let these people, um, these people, let me say these people create a generation who ends up thinking they know a lot about God, but they don't actually know God. OK, and, and so we know all of the thing, all the lies about God, but we don't know the truth about who he really is, which can only come from knowing him. And and when we think about even in our religious homes, oftentimes we are taught a lot of things about God, too. We're taught even even truth about God, right? Um, Truth about his word. Praise God for all of that. But a relationship with him with God is never modeled out. And so you end up with generations of youth who who know a lot about the Bible and who can quote it from Genesis to Revelation, but they actually don't know the God of the Bible. And so if you have the intellectualism but you do not know the person, the you don't have the relationship. Then you don't have transformation in your heart. And then you won't see the power. And then you question if it's even real. Paul said, I did not come. This is crazy. Like parents, listen, Paul said, I did not come with a demonstration of the spirit. Uh, Excuse me. Paul did not come with words and wisdom, but he came with a demonstration of the Spirit, is what I mean to say. And and ultimately in our lives, if we if we have these words, these intellectual nuggets that we keep teaching our children. Right. But then we don't have a demonstration of the Spirit, then ultimately. They will walk away and say, well, I know all of this intellectual jargon and nuggets and stuff. But because there has been no power that I have witnessed, how do I know that this God is even for real, that he exists? Because see, ultimately, this God, if he is real, if he is who he if, if he is, who you say he is to your kids, then shouldn't he be like alive in our lives? Shouldn't he actually be working in our lives? Shouldn't he be healing, delivering? Shouldn't he be opening doors and doing miracles? Shouldn't he be portrayed in our lives to our kids? Because see, it it can be easy for us to talk to our kids about the next big thing, right? And there's always going to be a next big thing, whether it's the the essential oils that that we're teaching them about on how to use. Nothing against that, right? But but do they get the essential oil that is most essential, that oil that only comes from from seeing mom or seeing dad being in the presence of God and encouraging them to do so? Let that oil drip down, that oil that comes from the presence. Or do you do they see you speaking about whatever the next thing is? Oh, all of these these shots and how to how to make medical decisions and and how, and wh- what what the what the next big thing is with the aliens and the next big conspiracy theory and the next or whatever, even true things that aren't just, you know, hearsay. But there's always going to be these little truths that come and go. But the question is, is what are you focused on? Do they know you? for being the one who speaks to others about Jesus? Or do they know you as the one who speaks about what the government is up to all the time? Or what this and that and this other thing is up to all the time? Like, I'm not saying we can't speak about other things, but I'm saying, what are you known for? What do your kids think of when they think of you? Or have you have you clouded your witness because you've been busy with all of the things except that which is most important and which is supposed to be coming out of your mouth most of all? Oh, man, like uh, there is we you see, we point the finger at our kids and the youth and we say it's and we point the finger at the world But there is actually fingers to point at ourselves when we are busy with the same things that the world is, except we're just on the other side of it. You see, it's like we're we're trying to fight this battle. Maybe it's a political battle, right? You're you're on this side and they're on that side and you're fighting this political battle. But you don't see that God called you to fight a spiritual battle. God called you to fight a battle that's not against flesh and blood. That's not against this or that president a battle that is against spiritual dark forces that is coming after your kids and you haven't been bruising your knees for them. You haven't been preparing yourself for that battle. You know, in, in this in the in, in the Torah, it's written that that when there is a war at hand, that God calls up people when God calls up people, when God calls up an army, right? to go to war, then what Israel is ought to do is they need to walk and ask, Is there anyone who is afraid? Is there anyone who is not ready for battle? Then go home so that you don't cause the rest of the soldiers to lose heart. Are you ready for battle? Or are you someone who don't who don't put your all your confidence in the Lord? And so you cause your kids hearts to grow dim, to grow discouraged, to turn away from the battle that's at hand. Because see, the thing is, brothers and sisters, if you go home, you're not in the war. And if you're not, if you're not in the war and if you're not fighting and if you're not. And by the way, fighting means God fights for you. But you're still there. You're still in the trenches. You're still praying. You're still uh, fighting for the lives of your children. Like, if that's not happening, well, the enemy is going to come to your house and take them. We 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 see this generation. I want to talk for just for a moment about this generation that, that I see, you know, uh, this next generation. Um, some of the things we see are, are many of these identity disorders, right, of all kinds. Um, and I think a lot of it is 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 because they simply have been taught a lot, like I mentioned about God, but they've never been taught about who they are in God. See, God came right to us and he said, I am I am making you in my image. Right? That's what happened in the garden. That's what had happened in creation. But the enemy came and said, I'll make you like God. Now, of course, he was lying. He that was a he he wanted to make Adam and Eve into a counterfeit identity, something else. He wanted to make Adam and Eve to be after himself. Satan is depressed. Satan has mental illness, and that's what he tried to put on man. That's why we see this generation who don't know who they are in God. They don't know that they're made in his image. So they're looking at other people and they're trying to look at social media and what others are doing, and they're trying to be like other people and inherit the identity of other people. And then they feel ultimately. And by the way, all these other people are also getting their identity in all these other people and these people are. No one is really getting their identity in God. And so ultimately, then they are getting their identity from the enemy, from Satan himself. And then they feel as depressed as Satan is. And then they feel as mentally ill as he is. And, and mental illness has, has risen to such an extent now that ultimately we have we have come to this place. Many of the, 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 new, the youth, they've come to this place of it's cool to be mentally ill now. Because, well, it's kind of like this thing of, yeah, I'm mentally ill. You're mentally ill. We're all sick. Yay. And we and we kind of tell each other, um, we, we kind of just say, oh, well, that's OK. And, and we, we 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 kind of pat each other on the back. But there's no call to freedom. There's no OK, you feel depressed, but there's freedom. Let's run after that freedom that there's none of that because their eyes have been taken all freedom. Because they've been distracted from freedom. And the name of freedom is Yeshua. Yeshua can set you free from depression. He can set you free from all types of mental illnesses. The world cannot. They will not be able to help you. They can give you um, uh, things that will help you pacify that. But true freedom can only be found when you find out who you actually are how, and who, who god has made you to be a child of the living god he has come to set you free but you need to believe that you need to be like god i'm gonna take a hold of the fringe of your garment and believe that god i'm gonna cry out because you're my healer and and you know if we have children or if we're gonna be have be having children at some point Do you give them that perspective of that? That is who your God is. Or do you teach them to rely on the world at the expense of crying out to God? Do they see you looking to the Lord for these things? Or do they see you looking to the world first for answers? We also live in uh, in this age of social media where everything is true, that where everyone's ideas are true and valid, where everyone needs to be allowed to express themselves in any way that they desire, right? This idea of inclusivity. And, And the only problem is, of course, is that if everything is true, then there is no such thing as a lie anymore. You see, for there to be something that's actually true means that there that means that there has to be something that's actually not true. That's the definition of truth. That means that there's it's separate. It's set apart from what is untrue and the lies. The reality is that there is true things and there are things that are lies. Not everyone's ideas are valid and true. And God is and Yeshua, Jesus, right? He was the most inclusive person that we have ever had and you know we have a lot of progressive christians point to that but they don't understand that he that true inclusivity okay true like acceptance and is acceptance rooted in love and inclusivity rooted in love and true inclusivity rooted in true love means i I I accept you into my presence. I show you kindness. I show you love. I I want you to feel uh, comfortable around me that I am not hostile to you, but I have the love towards you to call you to freedom to say that there are things wrong in your life. If there are things wrong in your life and that there is freedom for you found in God. You see. Christ was around all types of sinners, but he did not reinforce their sin. He called them to turn from it. And so in the same way, we are not called to reinforce the lies that people believe, just pat them in the back and say, well, that is just how it is and that is who you have been made to be. But to actually call them to that identity in which God actually made them to be. That identity that is an imitation, a mirror of Christ himself to look like Jesus, to look like Yeshua himself, to be without sin, to walk in holiness as he was holy. Oh, man, we need to pray for our young people. Um, and uh, and one more thing I just want to touch on. Brothers, sisters. thank you so much for joining me here. I really appreciate all of you. Um, spending this time with me um, uh, in the live chat. Linda, um, Amy, uh, Striving Servant, Winged Infinity, thank you guys so much for joining me. I, I really, really appreciate you all. And um, I'm going to have a look at some of the things you said now in a moment here. I, I just wanted to finish one last thought here before I head to that. Um, you know, the the last thing I wanted to just touch on is that when we look at um, one of the other things that was said um, by little Kyle, (laughs) his username um, that we read earlier is just this 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 focus on truth at the cost of the Holy Spirit. And this is last but not least a massive issue. You know, for those of us who are in this this movement, this whole Bible movement or, you know, whatever you want to call it, this return to to just believing all of the Bible, um, praise God for all of that. The, the thing is, you know, we have seen now that even though that that has been a what what has happened is the Holy Spirit has basically um, taken the heart of a generation and, and showed them this revelation right of the truth of the beauty of God's law and his instructions and so forth and his holiness and so forth. And that's been a move of God. Absolutely. But in the midst of that, we have taken our eyes off something else. We've taken our eyes off his Holy Spirit. And when we do that and we 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 don't. We now have this knowledge and we say, well, we need obedience and we need to grow in obedience. So we need to grow in knowledge and we need to grow in intellectual arguments. So we're going to and we think that we're going to intellectually convince people about God. But that's not never how it happened in the Bible. It's never the it's never how God did it, never. Never. We need to get this out of our heads. Like it is beautiful to have knowledge about God. It is beautiful to be able to have an answer for the hope that is within you. And that is valuable. However, if we think that that God is going to that the main way that God does things is by us trying to debate people into believing in his existence, we've missed it. Moses went to Israel with signs and wonders. Yeshua went to the Samaritan woman with a word of knowledge. He went to the blind man with a healing. He went to Israel with miracles, right? And God has done that with His people, through His prophets, throughout throughout ages. And today, from, from Acts 2, He said, in the end times this is when peter stands up and acts and he speaks and he says this is the last days and in the last days quoting joel he says young men old men you will see visions you will dream dreams you will prophesy you will be of all ages and you will do all of these things and this is gonna be the sign this is gonna be the thing that draws people to god to ask Teach us of his ways. But for them to get, for you to get their hearts in that place to say, teach me of the ways of the Lord. You cannot say, you cannot have the spirit not move through you or not be in your midst or, or have come into your, or have truth come into your life at the expense of the spirit. We we need we have sought the truth. Praise God. He's given it to us. But man, it is time for our fellowships to seek the spirit. It is time for us to realize that you can have all of the truth in the world. Every revelation there is and yet you will still be guilty before god for the lost souls because you never walked in the spirit he died for you to have yeshua did not just die listen to me jesus did not just die so you can get into heaven he did not just die for your sins to be wiped clean he did and it's beautiful but he died so that a piece of heaven can come into you so that the garden presence of God can come and live in you so that you can become a walking temple, bringing the garden, a taste of the garden into the world so that people, when they see the spirit move, when they see the fire in you, when they see the burning bush you are, they will say teach us of the hope that is within you but we have people not even asking about the hope that is within us because we are not shining our light because we have put him under a basket because we're afraid of what they might think when we look crazy (laughs) because you can't you kind of look strange when you're a tree on fire you kind of look strange when 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 you're supposed to go up to a stranger and give them the word that the Lord has put on your heart. You kind of look strange when you walk up to someone and you say, Can I pray for you in this or that way? You look strange, but that's when Moses said, What is it about this tree? What if you looking strange is actually what it's all about? What if you looking strange is the very point What if Satan is telling you, you, you're going to look crazy and strange. Don't do that. But the reason he's telling you that is because he knows that you'll become a burning bush that ignites others to be on fire for God. What if he's telling you that because he's terrified of what will happen when you do it? What if he's telling you to be scared of people because he's terrified of the moment you're not? Are you a threat that the enemy is terrified of, or are, or is he okay with you? Because see, he was okay with those religious Pharisees who had the Torah in their back pocket, but God was not. So who 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 are you actually running after here? Because if this is all for your own gain, you'll be good doing your Bible studies, but you won't be good going to the world with what you have found with the Messiah, with the first love that you had. Father, I just pray, Lord, for everyone who's listening to this, Lord, I just I just pray, God, that you would come with your Holy Spirit and just come and put a fire on us, Lord. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would come and just change our hearts. I pray you would give us a boldness to. To 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 get on fire for you, Lord. We are tired of being scared, God. We are tired of being uh, a non-threat to the enemy's kingdom, God. We are tired of being passive. We're tro- we're tired of seeing people die without you. And god i pray lord for everyone who's listening to this and you would convict them god i pray lord you would convict me god i pray that you would come and just put a sword in our hearts as deep as you need to put it until we get tired of being passive god i pray lord that you would let you would pierce us like you pierce those in acts two of your holy spirit lord that piercing in an axe too i just i just notice this that you know that that piercing in acts 2 was uh thank you Holy Spirit guys when 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 Israel was pierced in acts 2 by the Holy Spirit coming into them when they were speaking in tongues right and 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 they were convicted of the fact that they that when Peter said, you crucified Yeshua by your sins, that piercing to the heart was the fire behind the revival of the first century. Like, I think it's time for us to get pierced in our hearts again about the fact that we put him on the cross and stop thinking of ourselves as being these self-righteous People who know all of this knowledge that makes us somehow better than the other people, because ultimately the sinners of this world put him on the cross, and you put him on the cross too. We're all guilty of that sin. We're all the reason for why he had to die. It's not like I I'm innocent in this or you're innocent in this. And I think when we are realizing that we're all guilty, maybe we will be looking at others on the same level and not as looking down as judgmental Pharisees anymore. And we will be hungry to see them come to to come to the Lord because we have that first love restored back to us of God. You died for me, God, and you died for that person. But they don't know it. I need to tell them about that. So uh, let me just finish my prayer. Um, Father, I just pray, Lord, Lord, that you would just come and put the fear of God upon each and every one of us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would come and, and remind us when we walk among the world, that you would remind us who you are and that you would remind us of the Spirit, that Holy Spirit that you have put in us. God, Lord, if you have put a Holy Spirit in us, what does that mean? What does that mean for you, brother or sister? Like if the Holy Spirit of God lives in you and you walk into a room, like do you walk into that room with that knowing, wow, he's in me. Wow. He," And not a mini, miniature version of, of his Holy Spirit, but he like lives in me. Like what does it mean for those people in that room? And are you going to be willing to allow him? to open, to, uh, to open those gates of your temple and come out and touch them. That's my question to you. So, you know, I, I want to just thank you guys so much for being with me here today. Um, it's been such a blessing. Uh, I, I want to just read a few things that um, you guys said. Um, Amanda said the holiness of God has been replaced. Uh, With a short feeling, good message about grace, we mistakenly believe that just because we make sin legal and chalk it up to tolerance that God simply winks at it. Amen. Hannibal said, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Amen, brother. If there is no power in our lives, how different are we really from, uh, from those Pharisees who came against Yeshua? They didn't like him because he came in power. We should be careful because... Uh, my fear is that even if he was to walk among us, some of us would not recognize him because we don't look like him, right? But if if we w- look like him, it's not just worship in truth, it's worship in spirit true as well. April said, uh, may we have ears to hear and eyes to see the truth of the spiritual war taking place so we don't miss or turn away from the leading of the Holy Spirit when it comes to going to battle for our children. Amen, April. Thank you for that. I, I I agree. Um Yeshua uh, Hannibal said Yeshua did not give us life for us that we can have the American dream, but so that we that he can duplicate himself in us or call to manifest Christ to the world around us. Amen. That's good. I love that Hannibal. Duplicate himself in us. Um Okay, we also see um I'm just reading through you guys stuff thank you so much for your messages um linda said our children are grown now they never saw uh i had a real relationship with yoshua but i didn't know the truth of Yah's word only what i was told now they will not listen you know linda i uh, i just want to give you some encouragement there um i actually think there's a ton of people listening to this today who who feels just the way you do and, um, and and no matter who you are, whether you're a parent or n- not, you know, uh, you who are listening, um, we have all misrepresented God in our lives. I represented misrepresented God in my life before I became on fire for him. And, and so that each and every one of us, whether, you know, this was at high school, whether this was for 20 years of our life, whether wherever it was, we have misrepresented God. But today he has given us life today. He has given us. Uh, He has opened our eyes and what he is going to do is he's going to look at with what we have, with what he has given us, what do we do with that To to the one who much has been given? Much is expected, right? We have a with great power comes great responsibility. And so now that we know what the truth is, we are held responsible for that most of all And God has mercy and grace on us for when we were blind, when we were when we didn't see. But praise God that we do see now. And he and you still have a massive role to play in the lives of your children, even if they're grown up now, because don't underestimate the power of prayer. Don't underestimate, even if you're not being able to be in their life the same way anymore, you the power of prayer of a parent, is powerful. Um, Amy said, "I have not stopped praying for them. We have six children together, and they all need prayers. So I actually prayed this morning for all lost innocent children. They all need our prayers. Amen. We're gonna. Before I end this here tonight, we're gonna pray for everyone's children, um, and who's listening." Um, Annabelle said, if Moses, Yeshua and Paul showed the reality and love of God through signs and wonders, I reckon we need to do that too. Amen. April said, he is still doing these miracles. I've experienced it firsthand. Amen. Marsha said, put a fire on us and in us. Yes. Amen. Jessica said, I totally didn't even expect this message. I hung him on the cross. Oh man, Jessica. Yeah. And, and I did too. And that's, and that's the thing is, you know, like he did that, like, like he did that for us. Oh man, I'm sorry. It's just like, he did that for us. And then ultimately the question is now, what do we do in response to that? You know, That is and that is why I made this video tonight. That's why I told you what I what I told you guys tonight. Like that's my heart's desire is for us to respond appropriately because Israel responded to what Yeshua did for them. And that is that is the fruit we see even today. A world that has changed. Can we not see the same yet again? That means that hope is not lost. I mean, we have hope. The power of the Spirit is able to overthrow our cities, never mind our families. Right? Amen. May He overthrow our families. That is, if our families have darkness in them, may He overthrow them with His light. Amen. Uh, the John 17 project, he commented. One of the things my parents did for me was to sit me down when I was 14 and tell me I needed to figure out what I believed and why for myself. That helped me make my faith my own. That is wonderful. I I love that. You know, I I if I think back on myself, I had the same kind of um, realization of, okay, I need to figure out like, what do I believe on my own? And and what I see a lot of the youth have done, you know, they kind of just put that idea and that exploration aside and they ignore it. They say, well, one day when I'm grown up and old, I'll figure that all out. Let me just have fun right now. But that is the path at least to destruction. No one has promised tomorrow. You can watch this tonight and God forbid, but you can die before you open your eyes tomorrow. And and ultimately, That is why we can't, as even as a young person, we can't say, well, I'll figure out God tomorrow. There may not be any tomorrow and there is no second chance at that. So, Amen. so, Father, guys, let's just pray for for all the young people. Lord, I pray for this generation. I pray, Lord, for everyone who's listening, their children. I pray for the children in America. I pray for the children in Europe. I pray for the children in Africa. Lord, I pray for the children in India and China, the Middle East. Father, I pray for the, the children on islands far away and every other place in this world. Lord, I pray that you would come of your spirit into those homes. Lord, I pray that you would come upon those people. You would convict them, Lord. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would let them get this realization. Father, that was spoken of here of, wow, what do I actually believe? And and what do I where do I think I'm going? Father, I pray, Lord, that you would awaken people to think more clearly about this, Lord, and to open. And Lord, I pray for their eyes to be opened towards you in the name of Yeshua. We pray this. Amen. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's been such an honor. Please share this video. I think that this call to action is very important. We need to have action going forward. Then let just this just be a word, but let this become action. In your life, many blessings and shalom. Love you guys.